Hello, and welcome to another episode of Daily American Press's Chatting with Abby. Today, I want to do something a little bit different. Instead of talking about the news and politics, I want to talk about books. And the reason I want to talk about books this week is because Book Riot's 2022 Read Harder Challenge list just dropped. Book Riot com is a very large, influential book blog that has progressively gone woker and woker uh, to the point where the the main articles at the top of the site are, you know, what LGBTQ romances you should read this holiday season if you like Hallmark movies. That's the, the top article. But Book Riot's Read Harder Challenge list used to be cool. It used to be a helpful tool to kind of broaden your reading horizons, get out of your ruts. If if you were just an author that always went for sci-fi, you just always read sci-fi because that's what was comfortable and that's what you knew, it's a list of challenges that would help you kind of break out of some of that and experience something you haven't experienced before. Read a biography, read, uh, read a graphic novel, just discover new things and get out of your comfort zones. And I think that that can be really good. However, the Read Harder Challenge list has gotten so woke that it's it's nearly unbearable. I did it a couple years ago and just pushed through, and I really regretted it. I ended up reading some just awful books. And uh, so I haven't done it in the past. You know, I didn't do it last year. But this year I thought, what if I take the list and I unwoke it? And what if I share the unwoke list with my podcast audience and see how many of these challenges we can hit together over the next year. I'm going to try to do all of them. If you want to do all of them, join me. Tell me how it goes. I'm DM me your selections, you know, whatever you want to do. But if you just want to pick up a couple challenges, something that looks fun to you on the list, you go for that as well. If you want to completely ignore it, that's fine too. I will be, um, this this whole list that I have created will be up on dailyamericanpress.com along with the podcast. If you're listening on Anchor, go over to the website and uh, you'll see it with the podcast posting. That way you don't have to try to write this down while I'm talking. But... Uh, here we go. Here is here's the list. Not every not every challenge is woke. The first couple are not. But in order to avoid copyright strike, I have made a small change to each one. Some of them I thought were just a little hard, like a little too hard. And so I, I made them a little easier. You're welcome. And then I thought, hey, why not? Why stop at unwoking this list? Why don't I why don't I conservativize it? What what does that even mean? Based it. What if I based the list? So I, I added some, some things in to highlight conservative authors and things like that. So without further ado, read harder. Challenge number one is read a biography of an author you admire. Not super woke. I do think it's a little narrow. I changed it to read a biography of a public figure you admire. So that's number one. Number two from Book Riot is read a book set in a bookstore. Again, I thought that was a little too narrow. So I changed it to read a book featuring a bookstore. I love books about books. 
it's such it's bookception. I like books in libraries, especially if they're magical libraries and fantasy lands with with huge world altering secrets. Anyway, go for one of those. Um, challenge number three is the first woke one. Read any book from the Woman's Prize shortlist slash longlist slash winner list. Now I have I have two issues with this prompt. Number one, this is 2021. We don't have to challenge ourselves to read female authors as if women are still oppressed and women's voices are suppressed and and women just can't get published. It's really hard. it there are tons and tons of female authors. Now there are some genres where female authors are a little less common. Um, women don't write fantasy nearly as often or or sci-fi, but women pretty much dominate the romance genre and dominate the young adult genre, for example. So it kind of all shakes out. But the other issue I have with this prompt is the the prize, the prize list. Now, prizes in the book community, like the Golden Globes and the Oscars, are not really anymore about how good the book is. They're really just more about how woke the message was. I have read books off some of these winner lists, and sure, they tick all the woke, woke boxes, but they're terrible stories. And that is one of the themes I found when I did the actual Read Harder Challenge two years ago, is that I read books that ticked the boxes that were really only published because they ticked the boxes, because they were by a trans author, or because they were by um, a black or brown author. And ideally, you would be able to pick up a book, and it wouldn't matter who it was written by, you know, what skin color they had, you, you could have some confidence that it was, you know, a good, probably be a good book if it got published, because editors and publishing houses are supposed to gatekeep uh, to keep terrible writing off of the market. They're supposed to, there's, there's huge competition, lots of people try to write, lots of people try to get published, and the function of publishing houses is, is to only publish the cream of what, what's being offered to them. But these days, they care more about ticking certain boxes and who the author is and how woke the author is and how woke the description of the book can be that they don't actually care as much anymore about a story being you know, even properly plotted in its, in its most basic form. So I've found that a lot of things, well, really any book, if it's marketed based on how woke it is, is, is not going to be any good. If you have to say, this book is by a black author, therefore you should read it, it's probably not any good. Actually, good books stand on their own two feet without feeling the need to mention uh, what race the author is, or if they're fat, or any of the other things that the Wokies like these days. So all that to say, I have changed prompt number three to read a classic by a female author. Now, the reason I kept female in there is because women really were suppressed back in the days of the classics, back, back when Jane Austen wrote 
very, very few women uh, had the chance to write, um, even um, were educated enough to, to write something worth publishing. So I find that the few women who, who did write and whose work survived this long are worth reading. They really, they really stand out in the crowd and they give a perspective on the time period that is significantly more rare because it was, you know, mostly dominated by men. So Jane Austen, uh, the, any of the Bronte sisters, Elizabeth Gaskell, um, it doesn't have to all be romance. Um, George Eliot, who wrote under a pen name, uh, is fair game. Any of any of those. Uh, but just, yeah, a classic written by a female author. That's challenge number three from the Abbey List. Challenge number four from Book Riot is read a book in any genre by a person of color that's about joy and not trauma. Now, there's a lot to unpack here. A book written by a person of color that's about joy and not trauma. So not a book about how awful it is to be a person of color or about, you know, bad things. It has to be, it has to be a happy book celebrating blackness or brownness. So obviously I've changed that um, to read a book with a theme of overcoming. I think in our in our society, we do not consider it heroic to overcome. We consider it heroic to be a victim. So read a book with the theme of overcoming is my challenge number four. Challenge number five from the Book Riot list is to read an anthology featuring diverse voices. Now, they don't actually mean diverse. They mean a diversity of skin tones of authors within the anthology. So I have changed the challenge to just read an anthology. Uh, an anthology being a collection of, of different authors all writing a similar format of things. So it could be a collection of essays. It could be a collection of short stories. It could be a collection of poetry. You're already going to have diversity just because there's different human beings writing, writing these things. Uh, rather than having a whole bunch of people of various melanin contents all saying the same thing, I would rather have a bunch of people all saying different things and, and sharing different perspectives on the topic. So challenge you to read any anthology you wish in any genre you wish. Challenge number six from Book Riot was to read a nonfiction YA comic. Now YA is young adult. I don't even know what a nonfiction comic is. So I have changed this to read a comic. I think that that's, I'd, I almost never read comics. I think it'd be fun to pick up a Garfield or a Calvin and Hobbes or something like that. So that's the challenge, read a comic. Number seven from Book Riot. Read a romance where at least one of the protagonists is over 40. Now, I don't, I don't have a problem with this prompt at all. Um, I think that... It is interesting to note that there is a rise in the number of romances that are being written for people over 40 because there is a rise in people over 40 being single in our country and, and looking for love. People who have generally have been divorced 
um, divorces is so incredibly common and any book, any romance where the protagonists are over 40 generally involves broken families and, and children who have had a parent walk out on them and deals with a lot of the themes of that and pain of that. And I have found that I've read a couple of these romances and they, I found that they're very, very interesting and deal with topics that I wouldn't think about being someone who's never been divorced and who is younger. So I'm, I'm leaving that on the list. I changed the wording to read a romance where one or both of the protagonists is over 40. So yeah, I think that's a pretty decent prompt. Uh, challenge number eight from Book Riot is read a classic written by a person of color. And I actually don't have a problem with this one either. And here's why. The narrative of the left is that black people didn't have a voice until recently. That, that no black people were allowed to, to speak or be successful back before before desegregation and that's just not true that in the same way that that women didn't really write uh in the the time of the classics black people didn't write so much either however those that did really rose to the top um i recently found out i just didn't know this that alexandra dumas was was black um that's the author of The Three Musketeers and The Count of Monte Cristo, both of which are, are fantastic books that I recommend. So I, I did change it to read a classic written by a Black person as opposed to just any person of color because I don't think the person of color experience throughout history is, is unanimous. Um, but the, the experience of a Black person before slavery was, was outlawed in the major nations is really interesting. And I think that the types of thoughts and types of stories coming out of those minds are, are really interesting. So I'm, I'm leaving that one on the list. Um, challenge number nine is read the book that's been on your TBR the longest. Now TBR stands for to be read. So I just reworded that to demystify it. Read a book that's been sitting unread on your shelf the longest. Now, I also challenge you as you're looking for that book and, and working to pick it up, why haven't you read it? You know, why did you buy it? Or if, if it was given to you, why was it given to you? Who gave it to you? And, and what is it about that book that's, that's made you pass over it for as long as you have? I have done a lot of work with my shelves, so there's nothing on my shelves that's been there for more than a year, which I'm pretty proud of. But uh, it takes a lot of intentionality to to not pass up books there you know you you pass them up for various reasons either you're just not in the mood or you're intimidated by the book and haven't admitted that to yourself there's a lot of reasons but it's an interesting thing to examine in your shelves so i encourage you to do that challenge number 10 is to read a political thriller by a marginalized author and in parentheses it says BIPOC or LGBTQIA+. So my challenge is to read a political th thriller by an actually marginalized author, read a political thriller by a conservative author. <laughs> and this is going to be challenging. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head what author I would pick up, but that's the challenge. And if you have some recommendations, please feel free to let me know. Um, 
The next one, number 11, is to read a book with an asexual and or aromantic main character. Now, let's do definitions. Asexual means you you, you don't want to have sex. You, you don't really like sex or, or feel that urge to have sex. And then aromantic means that you don't feel romantically toward other people. So you might still like sex. You just don't feel romance. And then sometimes asexual people allegedly feel romance. They just don't want to have sex. So I don't, I don't hate the prompt in at its most basic level in the sense that a lot of stories are unnecessarily muddied with a romantic or sexual plot line. I think a lot of, you know, action novels just have this random set of sex scenes that are just completely unnecessary. Uh, and some stories have kind of a romance shoehorned in. So my challenge is to read a book without any romance or sex. So whether that's a nonfiction book that wasn't going to have any anyway, or, or uh, a fictional title, one that comes to my mind is um, Death Comes for the Archbishop by Willa Cather is a uh, I don't know if it's a Catholic bishop now or an Orthodox bishop, but uh, an unmarried man. Um, so just kind of a quiet story about uh, an archbishop at the end of his life. So that's a, that's a recommendation there. The next one is read an entire poetry collection. I like that one. So that's number 12, read a poetry collection. Number 13 from Book Riot is read an adventure story by a BIPOC author. And I changed that to read an adventure story by a conservative author. Andrew Claven is a conservative author who writes adventure novels. So I haven't, I've, I've only read When Christmas Comes by Andrew Claven. So I'm not sure if I love his writing or not, but he's an option for that prompt. Number 14 from Book Riot is read a book whose movie or TV adaptation you've seen, but you haven't read the book. And I, I like this one. I reworded it to read a book whose film adaptation you saw before reading the book, which is a crime, by the way. That is a crime. I'm just kidding. Um, there are actually people I know who prefer to watch the movie first before the book, because if, if you watch the movie first, you'll appreciate it. And then you'll read the book and you'll appreciate it. But if you read the book first, you're unlikely to appreciate the film just because a lot is usually lost with the adaptation. So sometimes I purposely purposely save the book for, for a second. So this is your chance to read Dune. If you've watched Dune and you haven't read, read Dune yet, there's a lot of things that have been adapt, adapted that you've probably seen. The Witcher, Lord of the Rings, so much. There's so much. Number 15 is read a new-to-you literary magazine, print or digital. Again, with a literary magazine, I found that the elites of the literary community, the publishing houses, all of that, the people who are in academia talking about books are all going super woke. So instead of that, my challenge is to read a conservative publication, either a conservative newspaper like the Epoch Times a conservative magazine like World Magazine or a conservative website like, I don't know, dailyamericanpress.com with articles. Just check out one of those. Babylon Bee is another one. 
uh, or The Glorious American is a friend of mine who writes that satire site. So check out a conservative publication because those publications are desperately needed but will not survive if they don't have clicks and and uh, cash flow. So got to support them. Um, <laughs> DailyAmericanPress.com only hosts my podcast. Uh, I'm not making any money off of encouraging you to read the site, but I do encourage you to read the site. Um, challenge number 16 is to read a book recommended by a friend with differing different reading tastes. And I think that's a good one. Helps you, helps you get out of your comfort zone, helps you understand your friend better. Sometimes reading someone's favorite book is a great way to get to know them. So read a book recommended by a friend with different tastes. Number 17, read a memoir written by someone who is trans or non-binary. Um, <laughs> no thanks. Let's, let's instead read a memoir written by a stunning and brave person. <laughs> read a memoir written by someone that you think is actually brave and actually stunning. Uh, whether that's Mother Teresa or Churchill, whoever it is, someone you think is stunning and brave, read that memoir. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one, actually. I, I'm pretty proud of myself for that prompt. Um, this one made almost no sense to me. Um, number 18 was read a best blank writing of the year book for a topic in year of your choice. So I guess if, if, you're, if your topic was... World War II, read a best World War II writing of the year book or best humor writing of the year book for a topic in year of your choice. Yeah, I changed it to read a book that is recognized as one of the best in a genre you don't typically read. So pick a genre that you kind of avoid. I kind of avoid the adventure genre, I would say. Uh, pick a book that is widely recognized to be some of the, the top tier of that genre and see if See if that genre really deserves, deserves your time. If you read the best in a genre and you still don't like it, well, then maybe you have learned that the genre is just not your cup of tea and that's okay. The next one, number 19, is read a horror novel by a BIPOC author. I think, sorry, I haven't, that's Black Indigenous Person of Color author. So any one of those. Ugh. Anyway, see, I don't think your skin color qualifies you to be an author. And I think a lot of people are being published these days purely on the basis of how many woke boxes they can tick. And it, it's flooding the market with highly touted and, and highly marketed books that are, that are no good at all. And I, I learned that lesson the hard way, reading a lot of books that were being recommended by sources I used to trust that ended up just being drivel, just, for example, uh, Jasmine Guillory is a, is a black romance author, and she is widely, widely said to be, you know, the best black author of, of the romance genre, the top tier, you know, basically the best the black people have to author, <laughs> have to offer to the genre. And I really expected her to be good from from how many people were touting her I expected her writing to be good and it was so bad I read two books by her just to be sure 
that I hadn't just accidentally picked some up something that didn't I didn't connect with, but they're poorly plotted. Um, it's all it it doesn't include that tension of a good story. It doesn't. It's just kind of all cupcakes and roses with Jasmine Guillory. But that's that's a, that's a tangent. Anyway, the prompt was read a horror novel by a BIPOC author. I don't I don't really like horror 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 is a bit too far for me for me a thriller is about as scary as I as I like to get with my books so my prompt is just to read a book you think will scare you um prompt number 20 was read an award-winning book from the year you were born I just changed that to read a book published the year you were born I think it's gonna be hard enough to find a book published from your for your birth year without trying to find some sort of award that it it achieved. Number 21 is to read a queer retelling of a classic of the canon fairy tale folklore or myth. And uh, that's actually becoming so, so common. It's it's both common to see retellings in general of classics, fairy tales, folklore, myth. I really like those. I, I really like retellings of, of classics. I, I find them to be kind of an interesting way to discuss the a classic that you've read, especially if you've already read the classic, to read a retelling of it. But um, there's also so, so many queer retellings out there of Cinderella and Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. There's just so many. So anyway, I've changed this to just read a retelling of a classic fairy tale and myth. That's, I think that's a great prompt. I really enjoy retellings. Um, number 22 was read a history about a period you know little about. I think that's a great prompt. I, I reworded to read a history about a period you don't know much about. Number 23 is read a book by a disabled author. And again, I, I think it's good to read books from people who have a wildly different life experience than you because you learn so much seeing the world and life from a different perspective and learning about their experience. But being disabled does not qualify you automatically to be a good author. And a lot of times when a book is, is marketed, oh, this is by a disabled author. That's just your cue to know it's probably not going to be very good because it's not being marketed on its own merits. It's being marketed because it's it's by this marginalized author. So my prompt is read a book by an author who has had a very different life experience from your own. If you want to pick up a disabled author, Johnny Erickson Tata is incredible and she's written a bunch of incredible books. So please feel free to make that prompt um, by a disabled author, but in general, just find someone with an incredibly different life experience to your own. And then finally, number 24 was pick a challenge from any of the previous year's challenges to repeat. And since you aren't familiar with the previous year's challenges, I picked one for you. I picked my favorite one, which is to read a book with a cover you dislike. This is your classic twist or classic application of don't judge a book by its cover. Go find a book that you're you're interested in that happens to have an ugly cover or a cover you just don't like and give it a shot anyway and see if it's fair. <laughs> the old adage adage <laughs> adage is fair that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover or can you judge a book by its cover? That's something you can determine with this experiment. All right, that is the end of the list. We are almost to the end of the podcast. I did want to mention that um, Real Truth Cactus on Twitter and I have decided to co-host a book club in 2022. 
We will be picking a book sometime this month to read for January. And we'll put a poll up on Twitter and you can join in. We've decided that we want to do an Inklings theme for the first month. So we'll be presenting you four titles written by the Inklings um, to choose from. And, and, and y'all will be able to, to choose with the poll what we're going to read. And then toward the end of January, once we've all read the book, we'll schedule a space and we'll all um, join in the space to discuss the book. We might do a group chat as well for those who are unable to join the space at the specific time. We're going to hammer out the details, but... That's the announcement. We're going to be doing a book club. We'll let you know what the book is and let you let you uh, join in on choosing it. And I hope I hope that you'll join. I'm I'm excited about this. I've been wanting to do a book club for a while, and I don't know enough people in my real life to do it. So you're it. <laughs> uh, and with that, I will leave you. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>